All right, this is our first Veil podcast with a um, touring band in town called Indian Opinion, and we were lucky enough to have them play here last night. And uh, yeah, so you guys want to tell me a little bit about this tour that you guys are on right now? Um, just where where are you going? Where where have you gone? Um, yeah. Well, uh, we have one more date tonight in Columbus, but uh, it's been a week-long tour for us. Uh, we started last Friday. Uh, we played at Space Bar, and then uh, Howard's and BG. Uh, we played at this DIY space called uh, the Blank Slate in Lyria. Then we played Pats in the Flats in uh, downtown Cleveland. Then we came to Ann Arbor, Michigan, which welcomed us our first time in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And then... Uh, and then we're heading to Columbus tonight to end off this tour. Right where we started. <laughs> Sweet. So uh, do you have a favorite spot so far from this tour? Uh, last night was a lot of fun. Our house shows our strength, and it, uh, it's kind of where Indian Opinion started. And uh, so last night here at Vail was quite a good time. It welcomed us. Actively, of course. Not just because we're in the basement of the bail house. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, I don't go to Bowling Green University where I know Io has um, come up, and I'm lucky enough to have been playing with them on this tour. You know, I'm Mark's, Mark's friend from high school, but become real good friends with all these guys. But I feel like uh, Indian Opinion really, like, encapsulates that, that, that show, house show vibe, you know, and that like grassroots kind of feel of just blowing up a party you know with social media or just word of mouth like i remember playing a secret house show party with you guys one time where you didn't tell anybody about it and yet somehow there are tons of people there just like and that i don't know that house show environment a very intimate uh, situation it's just fun you know I wish we didn't have to have these passing around the mics. I will get the b- a better setup. <laughs> yeah, it was a little like talking feather kind of thing going on. Um, so, so you guys, is this um, your first tour, or is this one of many? Or uh, yeah, like how did you set it up, and and how many have you been doing? Um, we've done some limited touring in the past. We played some house shows in um, upstate New York at some SUNY schools up there. We've done some... This is our t- third summer tour that we've Yeah, actually at the beginning of, or at the end of last summer, Gerard came out once again and we toured through Ohio, played some shows in Cleveland and Columbus again, and back in Bowling Green. So yeah, we usually just book the shows ourselves and whatever DIY venues or bars we can find, but it's always been a good experience meeting new people and, you know, making connections on the road. Um, what's your strategy when you're booking shows? First of all, is it like one person's the booker or is it divide and conquer? Um, I know a lot of people are interested in trying to tour themselves, but they just don't know where to start really. Um, and so how do you guys start? How What have you learned are like better ways to do it than other ways? Yeah. Um, just like the community aspect of like the rock scene, not even the rock scene, just music scenes and how like certain cities will like, I don't know, the DIY like spots are awesome because it's just like a communal effort for music and, um, but also it's nice playing venues, but sometimes like it's, 
it's much harder going out of your realm and playing shows like in new cities with venues. But we've been fortunate to have shows that like were great opportunities outside of our like stomping grounds. But it's like just like meeting new people is huge and communication through that. And uh, yeah, that's just part of the experience and the whole community. And that's why Vale House is cool. But no, yeah. But like, just like I met you through Pocket Candies and playing NBG, and it's just it's interactions like that that really um, I don't help out, you know. So, um, have you guys have you ever just done the like no no communication before haven't met the person in real life just reach out and see what happens route and and how has has that turned out well ever or is it usually just not doesn't result in the show yeah um i've done that that's the power of facebook and social media though like uh you know i'll talk to someone about booking a show uh, then they have a mutual friend of someone else i've played with in cleveland or like booked a show or knows this guy or not so it's the whole community thing helps but like like uh are our show tonight, uh, we don't know anyone. It's, uh, we're playing a house show, so it should be interesting. Yeah, someone's birthday party, and then, you know, th- we played a DIY spot that we didn't know anyone, but, you know, it was just, th- I met through uh, a DIY com- uh, Cleveland community, but, like, it turned out to be great. Yeah, just, like, Facebook groups and just, uh, what I know, DIY, do it, DIY, some something like that, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think one of our best shows on our last tour was a birthday party. So I, it was also where we really didn't know what to expect, and that was one of the best shows. So I think birthday parties, <laughs> it's a good spot <laughs> to to have a show. Because um, you know people will be there for that person's birthday, so yeah. you're going to have a crowd. Yeah. 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 <laughs> be the saddest birthday party. <laughs> um, um, sweet. Yeah, um, those Facebook groups and that dude DIY website. I don't, I don't really know how people book tours before then. Um, I can't really. Yeah, like social media is so important for that kind of stuff too, and like just the fact of everyone being so accessible and being able to talk to people like that who are in different cities and being able to communicate like that. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. I um. I. I just have no idea. Um, you must have had to just look people up in like the phone book before. Yeah, the yellow pages. And I don't really know where you'd even start with that because you don't know like the venues in yeah. other towns. You'd have to like call operator, ask them where what <laughs> venues existed. Yeah. Um, so this tour or I suppose all time best place you've played outside of your hometown. Uh, for me, I would say it would be Binghamton in New York just because it was like a long drive. We didn't really know what to expect when we got there. There were people throwing chairs and like kegs and breaking stuff in the driveway. And I was like, oh man, this will be interesting. But everybody there was just so nice. The audience was so receptive and it just ended up being like a great start to the tour. So sweet. What, what house It was a house show. Yeah, it was a house show. We ended up playing in the basement of the swim team because it was, it was raining. We were going to play in the parking lots, but they're just like, oh, you can play in our basement. And it was great. It was an awesome experience. Sweet. Um, I guess uh what what would be your weirdest show you guys have ever had? Vale House. 
computer science picnic. Yeah, actually. Well, uh, the, who was it? Your neighbor? Yeah, our neighbor last year was a foreign exchange student from India, and she had us play um, a computer science picnic. It was our second gig yeah. ever. In City Park. We, yeah, in the park behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we got there, and they asked us what the band name was, and we said Indian Opinion, and they're all like, excuse me? <laughs> they didn't They didn't, <laughs> they didn't get it. <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely a weird gig, but a, but a good one, and it, it got us going. Got, yeah. It got us yeah. our start. Definitely. It's always good to play outdoors, too. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so I know when we got back from tour, one of the things that was, like, really uh, – a lot of bands were asking us locally was just about the scenes of all these different places. They were curious to know, um, cause all of, all of the different towns have such a different way of doing their local music scene. So, um, what would you say is specific to Bowling Green that you like or dislike? Um, and, and yeah, how do you feel about how your scene functions? <laughs> The scene. What's the scene? Um, the Bowling Green scene. Well, um, I guess last year we had the whole 116 scene. It was like, well, our first EP is named after this house. It's where the band started. And oh, you had a 118. Okay, wow. But um, that was like a big startup of our house shows and whatnot. And this year we uh we don't have the same house. We've just sporadically had house shows throughout the year but um uh yeah there's some spots in bg to play and it's a college town so that's the primarily you know the big audience is college kids and whatnot so um i i'd say if you are a a band a college band in the town then like kids are gonna come out but if you're coming into bg you need to like get with a show with a BG band because like Tory acts really don't come through except if they're gonna bring a big college crowd you know we're near Toledo and then I guess bands come through Detroit so that's really where bands like come through yeah there are a good amount of local bands and it's kind of cool how we all kind of support each other like we, we find each other at each other's shows we book shows together all the time and um like we, there's this other band like Hobo Stew and uh, Serverless Sun. We played with a lot of different groups, and and yeah, and there's also the movement. So we, uh, the movement, it's like this group of rappers in Bowling Green, and we collaborate with them a lot. And like we do like Spotty Adi Dopalicious and I, and like covers like that. And um, <clears throat> also, it's just great because we have a, a lot of friends that are constantly at all of our shows, and like we couldn't do it without their support. That's great. So yeah, I, I actually think we've played with Hobo Stew in Toledo one time. Yeah, they're they're a great band. Yeah, um, so, so yeah, lots of house shows, lots of college scene. Do you feel like um, is the music school of the college very involved in the DIY scene, or are they kind of separate? Very separate. (laughs) (laughs) Very separate. But I feel like the whole uh, there's a lot of the culture of VG from that. Like it's a big. uh, We have a new music festival, so it's like that's. heavy heavy in like um the people uh, like the music people in bg it's a lot of avant-garde type of stuff which is very cool 
Yeah, and even like there's stuff in town like that, but um, it's like Sbg's such a college town that people are from different backgrounds that like, it's like I wouldn't say it has like a huge influence on it, but you definitely wouldn't you concur? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh. Or anyone else? <laughs> JP is a mem- was a member, a graduate member of the music program at BG, so I'm sure he has some insight on it. Of course. Uh, I don't know. Just, like, Howard's, like, you've played there, and that's one of the only places to play on the weekend for bands that are touring. So I, you don't really find – I mean, you'll, you'll see some students from the music school and they're hanging out, but it's, it's a – completely different world just like mark was saying the new music that all classical stuff they're shedding all the time yeah yeah i know but i think that's important too you know like and but you're right it's totally like a different culture that like academic like uh like like school music scene as opposed to the real world like social music scene you know as you guys are playing for for college students playing for people that are dancing and and coming to socialize it's putting what you're learning or what these people or JP was learning in school and Mark and, you know, all you guys putting it into like a real world context, you know, and that's cool. Yeah. And I still, there, there is overlap. You know, we go see our, the jazz faculty band every Wednesday night, you know, there, we go to academic concerts and see music in that context. And those people, you know, Mark's guitar teacher has made it out to our house shows and, you know, it's there's still this supportive community of musicians in BG, and I think part of that is fostered by the music program, whether they're coming out to a house show at two in the morning or not. Yeah, I think uh, Ann Arbor being a college town, we kind of have a similar thing. Um, from from my experience, I think that our avant-garde uh, like music school influence bleeds maybe a little more into our house shows and stuff as you kind of saw i think with like the first few acts there was a little more last night maybe a, a little more experimental stuff than but i'm sure i'm sure like every night at howard's is different too and like at, at house shows i've still not been to a house show yet in bowling green so i'm sure like they all, all have different vibes um so i was gonna ask about um well first of all uh where we can find your music um how do you feel about releasing music um how do you guys go about um Bandcamp, Spotify, navigating physical copies. Uh, what's important to you to have as merch? Because that's like a that's a large question. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, our music can be found um, on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Um, both of those links can be found on our Facebook page. Just Google Indian Opinion Band, and um, we also have Instagram. We're on pretty much all the social medias. Um, and, and as far as like releasing songs, um, we've released one ep uh 116 and that we recorded with just a do-it-yourself studio in someone's basement it was awesome and uh, we had somebody master it and then we just you know released it for basically for free donation the big important thing for us is just to get people to hear our music we're not really so so much concerned about making money off of it or anything and then um this past year we were very fortunate um after playing a show i got a message on twitter about somebody to like contact this uh faculty member at bg about recording and so i sent him an email and he needed a band to record with the recording class so we got to go into the school and record two songs and uh with like great quality equipment and everything and the guy's a professional he's been you know teaching the class for years 
and then we released those two just as singles and then they asked us to record again this last semester so we recorded four total uh songs with the school and we just kind of released those as singles on uh soundcloud two unreleased now yeah well there's two unreleased now yeah those are those are pending they'll be out probably sometime this summer cool um so so you guys are hoping to have a future in playing together more right I, I mean it seems with touring and stuff you're not trying to be like oh we're graduating we're going off in different places so even though um it's awesome to like in your first stages be like yeah i want mu- my music to be free and out there um do you guys have plans for how to like what what your next move is i mean you guys had shirts for sale and stuff but at some point you have to be like trying to i guess save up money to be able to tour more and and um i guess you have to kind of put in money at some point and hope that you're gonna i I know money is like not the point but i guess it's something that everyone i think at this like graduating confused stage where you're like i want to do this more but i don't want to like i don't know how to support myself doing this um do you guys have an, an approach to like a plan with that or um or are you kind of just floating around trying to trying to figure it out (laughs) you know yeah yeah we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off but i think (laughs) i think the important thing is just keep playing hopefully your music will find the right ears you know we'd love to release a full-length album and maybe you know you know charge some kind of money for that but you know money is never the priority but yes we're at that stage where it's reality it's a necessary evil so we'll see where it goes but yeah we'd love to make a living out of it or you know make yeah something out of it. yeah i think some some like future moves that we were thinking about making too is like um you know that now that everyone's has a little bit more flexible of a, or a little more schedule flexibility in terms of that just get on the road more and uh really try and um get maybe with like a you know a more established band get on like their bill maybe of just their run of the midwest get on a couple of their shows so then you know there's kind of more of that um logistical work is taken care of by people who are you know doing a real deal doing national tours and maybe grab two weeks when they come through here and then maybe on their next tour go with them through the whole east coast run too you know and really um i think yeah sharing our music with as many people as possible is 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 the number one goal definitely we got a little taste of that too um we this uh band called knights from cleveland ohio um this um tragic hero records our buddy of mine um eric healed set us up with them um just on a couple like a bowling green date and a columbus date and um so if we could do more of that that'd be great just to get get in that scene a little bit yeah yeah um, it's like a awkward time to be a rock musician because like rock is not the popular music as it used to be and like you know rappers are the new rock stars so it's like hard to like you have to be different you have to bring something new to the table because like people aren't buying music they're streaming it through this battle of streaming services and then pe- and like and then music the popular music now is made for as studio music it's not really made to go see a live show of like a drake song like he's gonna sing the same exact thing you hear in the studio it's like the popular music now is like made and polished as a studio music so the rock scene is like it's interesting being that's why we 
that's why it's all like Benji said. It's all about the music. Like no, we're at that point that we need like financial support to keep going. And like it's a different approach now at the stage we are. But like it's all about the music, and we we are all we have all studied jazz before and have a love for improv music. And I feel like that's what makes the live show different than seeing another rock band because the moment of time that you see us is can't be recreated on a track. It can't be recreated listening to the rec audio recording. You have to be in the space. You, you know, the space can't be... Rec the sound in the space affects it. You know, it's the people standing next to you. that. So it's like that we really pride our live show. Yeah. And like, I mean, this... That's... I mean, the music's the product, but like the, the, the playing of music and being there, it's like that... That's where our heart is, you know, the house show environment. That's where our heart is, like playing live, imp improving a solo and opening it up and seeing where it goes. That's the heart. That's like the, that's the outlet of expression right there. Like, so, but it is an awkward time to be in a rock band, like I feel like, but n not in a good, not in a bad way or anything. It's just like, it's, it's finding the approach now, like. Uh, I think even like well the fact that you said with with pop music but also just like elect the electronic music scene that's blown up um is like sometimes it's worrying for me that I also am the same in that like I feel like playing live is just a totally different thing like l going to live concerts is such a like completely different experience than just listening to music and um and like I think it's a big reason that I fell into in love with like with playing music um but i i get sad sometimes when i see that pe a lot of people don't seem to care w when you go to a, like an electronic music show whether they're someone actually playing some parts like like with uh robin monogamy last night he was he was like live effect doing he was he was playing the synth live and he was affecting the tracks live but a lot of djs just press play and some people care but some people don't care and and uh sometimes i'm not not to so sure it makes you feel like uh some of it's kind of in vain <laughs> if, if no one cares if you're actually playing it live but but i think uh when people see shows like what you guys put on last night um like i think that that's that's a pretty convincing argument <laughs> that that live music is still pretty important um um let's see what other questions do I got? I also didn't want to just ask questions, but it's a little harder to do it with only the two mics <laughs> in any other way. Um, I guess... Oh, so I'm sure you guys were in bands before this one, um, probably. So, first band names. First band ever. I was in a band in high school, and we were about to play Battle of the Bands, and we didn't have a name, and it was literally the day before... And my our guitar player would always we all had ADD and we're just total spazzes, so he would always say seriously guys when we needed to practice. So our band name was literally just seriously guys with a question mark. <laughs> it was terrible, That's but funny. <laughs> but it happened. <laughs> That's our legacy That's now. Um, just one one was the aviators because we wore like sunglasses aviators. It was like. Eighth grade, like t playing in the town show, playing Green Day, playing Weezer, like it was 
that's one I, that sticks out for me. <laughs> I uh, started learning guitar in fifth grade, and so did my other friends. So we started a band called Input Nine. But the thing is, we never rehearsed. We were just a band, and we made a website. <laughs> And we made it, like our about me pages, like favorite color, favorite food, top favorites, 10 songs. And like, yeah, it was pixo.com. It was like, it was input9.pixo.com. And then the, <laughs> but we, we never played a show. Oh, no, <laughs> we never. But we would like write songs individually and then post it in our album page. So it'd be like, we would fill out an album and be like, all right, next album. And then like, we'd make another album. Yeah, yeah, but it never happened. But it never happened. We never had a drummer, but I remember this kid like was gonna buy a drum set, so we we labeled him as the drummer. And then the uh, the second band was called Curbhead, and that didn't really progress anyway. It was the same thing. I was in a band in sixth grade called Shockwave, and we just like I don't know, just a bunch of kids. It was like we played like stuff like Secret Agent Man, like. <laughs> it, it was like really cheesy like middle school jazz band arrangements and it was just it was it was you know fun <laughs> you got some some first band names or experiences some fur i played in like a ska band in high school called one step back that was cool but i think the weirdest band name was this like rock band i played in in dc called the two damn big orchestra and it was literally like six-piece horn section with like you know a whole other band like two keyboard players two guitar players like we played so many shows where there were more people on stage than there were in the crowd like, <laughs> <laughs> like some dive bars so, that's, that's fun <laughs> um sweet i had my first my first band ever uh both my parents are piano teachers and they so there's 88 keys on a piano and everyone we all played different instruments but we all met because they all took with my parents and so um so we were called root 88 play on route 66 (laughs) it was pretty cheesy Uh, (laughs) um so how do you guys go go about like promoting shows the tour um, mainly, I think a big question for me, um, that we struggled with when we were touring is how do you go about promoting a show in a place you've never been and, or do you, and, and, uh, what is, what is like trial and error? How is that going? Well, locally, I know we try to hit up the social media as much as possible. Like we'll post something on our Facebook page and then everybody in the band will share it and we'll like tag people in it. And cause like the more people you have tagged in a post, the more people see it, the more people like a post, the more people will see it. And then we hashtags, yeah, on Instagram. Um, <laughs> and then um, we also like sometimes like pass out flyers and hang up flyers around. Like we all, almost always like the CMA, we just put flyers everywhere and buildings on campus and stuff. Um, also just trying to like talk to friends and get groups going. Yeah. Like talk to all the different squads, make sure everybody's coming. And, and then as far as a, uh, abroad it's a little bit of a different strategy i guess we kind of rely on the other bands a lot um we post in the facebook events um mark yeah yeah a lot of social media and it's important for like the hosting band to support other at like touring acts and vice versa when people come to our hometown and then um just like posting on music scene like instagrams and like facebook and 
Uh, usually, usually we'll if it's like a city, we'll we'll know someone that's gonna be there, like from the city, a friend of ours. So I mean, it's a place to crash one, and it's a place like that we can hang hang out with friends, and then, I mean. You know, maybe they'll bring out friends or help promotion. It's like, like, I don't know. Re- relationships are so, so such a big key, and not even music, but life. So, yeah. Um, I think that was for us when we were on tour. One of the biggest struggles were the cities where we didn't know anyone, yeah. and it was like, um, definitely a learning experience in that. Uh, certain people. That especially if they haven't ever toured, had no idea, like that they're kind of expected in a way to bring some sort of audience. Um, and so I guess like for us, a learning experience was just like booking touring band or bands that have toured. If if you can, if you're booking your own show, or like if you can if you can have a friend that can book the show for you and actually know bands that are gonna go out of their way to try to make sure some people come see you (laughs) um yeah uh let's see i think i ran through like most of the things i was thinking about um are let's see oh yeah are these are a lot of the places on tour like places you've been before have you been i know you said ann arbor this is your first time here um but do you find that like when you go back to a place are you guys getting new people or like getting the same faces that are that saw you before and want to see you again um and yeah um definitely we've seen some people come back you know (laughs) which is always a good sign it's always a good sign when you don't clear a room but um (laughs) we've also on this tour you know we've gotten we've gone to a lot of places where we've never been before which is always cool you know you never know what to expect and it's that's always that's a cool part of tours getting to experience the different venues and all the the funny characters you meet along the way (laughs) yeah all the sketchy men's rooms (laughs) i guess that would lead me to question of uh weirdest character you've met on tour <laughs> we we played we played pats in the flats in cleveland just a couple nights ago what, what? Oh, no. and the owner of this bar is an 80 year old lady with yeah named pat with and she said she's limping behind the bar you know getting everybody drinks but she said she's seen every show there since 1986 and she loves it she can name new bands that she's been checking out and she's into it so that's definitely my favorite character so far All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, there, there's this guy who booked a show who, uh, like, he would wear his hair in front of his face. Super nice guy, but like, great dude. Great dude but uh, like, it's just like, stroke it. It's just very interesting. Yeah, it's just like this greasy piece of hair just covering his face and just like stroking it mid conversation. But uh. I mean, yeah, very unique. unique. And we, we even got like, it's like, yeah. Oh, that dude with the hair in front of his face. Yeah. He's been booking there for like 15 years. Like, it was like, nice dude. Nice dude. Yeah. But it was just like, uh, 
You meet you meet some characters like on the road. Yeah, that's chips. <laughs> characters on the road was definitely a. I feel like I could. I'm already like starting stories for a novel of just yeah. about characters on the road because <laughs> we ran into so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess my friend was just trying to. As soon as I got back from tour, my friend was like trying to get me to listen to all of. Do you guys listen to Jackson Brown ever? Running on empty. That's like a whole yeah. all written on tour on tour yeah. album. Yeah. So maybe maybe one day on tour. I don't I don't understand how you could have the time to write and record a whole album on tour though. That's someone else must be doing all the other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be the Canadian band he played with. There's this Canadian band that got (laughs) We played with this Canadian band that uh, we were just talking with and they just take like four months out of the year out and just like toured the states. And uh, they actually get grants from the Canadian government to pay for their hotels on the road. So I was just like, so what do you guys do? Just sleep in your car? It's like, oh, we sleep in a hotel every night. <laughs> was like, I was like, yeah, it pretty much pays for the whole thing. But ma- we make the, you know, the rest from just merch sales and whatnot. I was just like, oh, nice. <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds a little bit too good to be true. I feel like there's, there's yeah. got to be some catch, right, Canada? Yeah, there's definitely some I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I think that they. <laughs> um, speaking of of getting grants and and other things helping you, are you guys interested in being on a label? How do you feel about labels? Like, um, it's kind of like this weird relationship right now. I feel like in in that like labels don't want you unless you have an established base. But if you don't have an or like if you already have an established base, why do you need a label? So. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, are you looking into labels? Have you sworn them off? <laughs> I've done some looking into labels, and it is kind of like a, a double-edged sword. Like the, on, on the one hand, um, they they do really big for promotion. Like if you're on a label, like it's in their best interest to make sure as many people <laughs> hear your music as possible. So that that's a great aspect of being on a label. But at the second time, on the other hand, um, they might you know control aspects of your music, and it, it just like. We've been, we've tried, we've like looked into it a little bit and from the most part, just like you have to get people to hear your music, like producers, like you can't, lots of the bigger record labels, especially you can't send them demos. Like they don't accept it. You just have to find somebody that works for them and hit them up and see if they will listen to your music. And, um, I guess like uh, if, if in my, like for me, uh, if we were to get a label, a, a smaller one would probably be better just because I think that would fit what we want to do a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know how we feel about it right now. It's we're, we're all over the place. Yeah, I, I would say luck is when um, preparation and opportunity meet. So that's what I feel like. You know, preparation, just get good. It's really whatever <laughs> whatever gets opportunity. the Grammys is what. Is what <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yes. They actually just opened up Grammys to um, music, like independent music. I think. Oh, wow. That's cool. I, like, wow. I, I didn't even realize that it wasn't, but I just saw something recently about that. That I guess, like you couldn't get. Um, I saw Chancellor Aber actually posting about it because he, I'm pretty sure, is not uh, on a label, and he, um, yeah, now you can there you can get a Grammy if you're not on a label, which I guess I didn't even realize that wasn't a thing. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 
so yeah i think um the the world is maybe starting to recognize the death of labels but also small labels still have their place i think that's for sure Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know do you guys have anything you want to add uh plugs for stuff um stuff to look out for coming up yeah look out for new recordings look out for end of summer tour dates uh we'll be looking into recording an album maybe we'll have a fund me type of thing to fund our album um i don't know you got anything jp (laughs) um not right now (laughs) i think that pretty much covers it i don't want any shameless plugs on my shameless on my resume (laughs) i mean we just want to thank you guys for having us here and stuff and uh the Vale House for you know bringing people out. The show last night was sick, and um, just everyone that we've met here, whether it's people who live here, or it's people who uh, you know that I've just met in Ann Arbor. Just being here for less than twenty four hours, it's been nothing but good vibes. So it's like, you know, awesome. that's, what, that's what that's what it's about. Like we said, it's just playing music, sharing our music with you know whoever wants to listen. But you know, and just getting that, um, building those like relationships and just meeting new people. That's 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 the cool thing about this is like music is like kind of a universal language it brings people together you know people like even this place you know you guys all share like a common interest for like culture and art and and just um yeah really good vibes thanks for having us and stuff. yeah thanks you thanks thank for you guys for coming on <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh shoot oh yeah nice thank t-shirt you. oh my gosh i'll definitely rock this Thank you guys. Get that poster up on the wall Um, somewhere. I definitely, I know the people of my house all loved you guys last night, so we'd love to have you guys again. But yeah. All right, cool. I think that's a, we can call that a wrap for first podcast. (laughs) Yeah.